And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to the show today. Of course, it is The Real Investment Show. And it's the beginning of October. So go put your Halloween decorations out now. Now you can go put your Halloween decorations out. Go. Be free. Free the pumpkins. That's all I'm saying. So. Anyway. Uh, over the weekend, of course, crisis averted. Sort of. For now. Um, over the weekend, of course, uh, we were coming up on a government shutdown that would have technically started today, and we would have had to lay off roughly 950,000 non-essential workers. Oh, my. Um, closed parks, etc. cetera. It's been terrible. It's been, been a tragedy. Um, but instead, but instead, uh, at the 11th hour, we were able to pass through uh, by, by a fairly large majority. Uh, there was only a handful of people voting against this continuing resolution that funds the government for 45 days. And then we're going to be right back in the soup again. But we did pass the, the funding, and, and so, yes, the government will continue operations today, and uh, spending will increase by 8%, and, you know, we just continue on this path, and this is why we continue to, to grow our debts and deficits at an accelerated pace. Um, but, again, the good news is no shutdown today. Uh, on the flip side, though, of course, this is also October the 2nd, which means now your student loan payments are due. Uh, so the student loan repayments will start this month, and... That, on top of everything else, is certainly going to be potentially a drag on spending as we head into holiday shopping season. Uh, Halloween tends to be the second strongest holiday shopping day or period of the year, I should say. And uh, so we'll kind of get a good, good sense uh, pretty soon about the strength of the retail consumer uh, based on kind of Halloween shopping. So if, if we see kind of a weak shopping for October and, and really for, for Halloween, likely going to see maybe some weaker numbers in November, December uh, as we get into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Of course, judging by the number of people that already have decorations out in their front yard, it looks like right now that the holiday shopping season for Halloween is certainly doing fine. So it, I don't know about gangbusters, but it's certainly not ghostbusters, <laughs> right? So it's not doing too bad. Because there are more 12-foot skeletons and 8-foot cats all over my neighborhood. I, you know, it is, it is the invasion of the skeleton zombies. It's like, and at least be original. Don't, like, everybody in your neighborhood, like, if there's, if you're, if there's somebody on your, on your street that already has a 12-foot skeleton, you can't go buy that one. There's literally, like, eight of them on my street. It, it's, it's just like, be original. Come up with something different. So... <laughs> Get a six-foot skeleton. Those are easy to find. Most graveyards have them, so just you know, <laughs> go get yourself one. <laughs> Pretty easy. To You're get. digging your hole deeper. <laughs> no, probably. <laughs> anyway, all right, enough of that. Uh, talking about the markets, of course, as we start to kick off the season, we're about to walk right into earnings season. Um, uh, again, as as you know, expectations here for earnings fairly high. 
as, as we get into earnings season, primarily for the big mega cap companies. If you take a look at technology stocks in particular, the earnings estimates and, and expectations for earnings growth is really centered in those big mega cap seven companies, which also tend to be the most expensive companies. Um, in the, the least expensive, right, um, we're seeing earnings estimates really decline pretty sharply here. So again, don't be surprised if we see really kind of a focus on the, the mega cap stocks heading into the end of the year. And this is really kind of playing out a lot like we saw in 1999 so far this year. Uh, the market is, is really kind of tracking on. There's a very large short position against equities right now. If we start to get an advance into the end of the year, that's going to be fueled, as we've talked about before, by a, by a potential short covering of those positions, as well as we're going to start getting stock buybacks starting in November once we kind of get through the October earnings season. So earnings expectations right now um, have been de have declined a lot since last year. So we've really brought down that bar for companies to beat earnings estimates in the third quarter, which is going to start now. And then as soon as we kind of get through the bulk of that, the window opens back up for stock buybacks and going into the year, that's roughly about $5 billion a day heading into year end. So again, the setup, and all we're talking about now is a setup for a technical rally into the end of the year. Now, once we get to 2024, all bets are off. Uh, you know, the risk of a recession starts to rise pretty markedly as we get into the second and third quarter of next year. So again, there's, you know, while, you know, we may very well get a rally here, uh, that's something worth paying attention to. Here's what you need to know before the bell this morning, though. Futures are kind of sloppy. Um, they were up last night after the passage of the continuing resolution to fund the government for 45 days. This morning, though, uh, we're kind of back to flat. NASDAQ's up a little bit. S&P's kind of flattish. Dow's down a little bit. Uh, again, you know, while we've kind of averted this government shutdown for the moment, it's only for 45 days. The markets are figuring out we're going to be right back in the soup again here pretty quick, trying to debate on uh, spending and arguing over, you know, whether it's Ukraine funding or whatever it is. Um, there's going to be a lot of fighting going on here pretty quickly. But at the end of the day, we're going to pass another continuing resolution. We no longer do budgets. I've got an article coming out about this tomorrow um, talking about why continuing resolutions are not a good thing. <laughs> Uh, for the economy. But um, overall, uh, just from a technical standpoint, markets are doing okay. Uh, we came down last week, kind of touched on support right at the 150-day moving average, bounced off of that. Um, market was a little bit weak on Friday, kind of started out early in the day on a nice rally, then sold off into the end of the day. But nonetheless, markets kind of starting to form a little bit of a bottom here, and we're starting to flatten out this MACD sell signal. So Again, as this begins to kind of flatten out and turn positive, that's really going to be kind of your good first indicator that we're probably going to get back into a period where we're going to get a little bit uh, a higher rise in asset prices. Again, you know, between now and the end of the year, don't be surprised. Market can certainly rally here, but I won't be surprised at all to see a little bit lower high than what we saw in July by year end. Again, you know, we've already had a good year. The market's still up 12% for the year, so again, nothing... Uh, to be upset about with a 12% advance for the year, even if the market just finished right where it is right now by the end of the year. Not a bad year for the markets. But there is potential here. We get a bit of a rally at least into November. Again, December becomes a little bit iffy. We've got a lot of stuff that's going to go on right in December as we start to wrap up the year. But again, over the next month or so, 
certainly the potential here for a bit of a rally. But again, this is really going to be kind of predicated. Watch this MACD sell signal. It needs to flatten out, start to turn up. Oversold conditions are pretty deep here. Equity positioning, as we covered this weekend's newsletter, is also very negative. So investors got very negative very quickly on this decline. And so we saw a lot of exposure getting taken off of the markets. Of course, a lot of shorts being put onto the market. That's all going to provide fuel. If this begins to reverse, that all provides the fuel to help lift asset prices into year end. So again, don't be surprised here that we get a rally. I was talking about this over the weekend. Got a lot of hate email from people going, oh, the market's going to go lower. It, it could be. Yes, absolutely. Markets can always do things you don't expect. But from a statistical basis and a technical basis, markets certainly look like they are, are still well confined in this current sell-off. What we talked about back in July, we needed this correction. We're about 8% into a 10% correction. So again, markets doing kind of exactly what you would expect here. That's the potential setup here for this year-end rally, that oversold kind of negative position. That gets money going when, when markets start to move higher. So again, this is a tradable opportunity. We're not saying, hey, the bull market's back forever. So don't, don't think that. We just have a tradable opportunity potentially heading into the next month or so and, and worth paying attention to. That's what you need to know before the bell this morning. When we come back, other stuff to get into regarding the economy, the markets, what's going on. Don't go away. More of the Real Investment Show coming right up. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Welcome back to the show this morning. So again, uh, as I said, you know, kind of over the weekend, prices averted, right? Everybody was worried about these uh, this economic shutdown. You know, again, you've always got to be a little careful with these headlines because they always tend to push the most dire of outcomes, right? You know, we talk about this every time there's a debt ceiling debate, right? Oh, we're going to default on our debt. The world's going to end, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's never the case. And that's because... During a government issue, right, like a debt ceiling, mandatory spending gets paid. It's the discretionary spending that is a bit more problematic. The problem is, is you have to look at the budget to understand what's going on. So when you take a look at the budget, mandatory spending is about 84% of the overall budget. So what's mandatory spending? Mandatory spending is Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, prescription drug benefits from the Affordable Care Act um, and interest on the debt. Oh, and military spending. And I, I mean, when I say military spending, I'm not talking about defense spending. I'm talking about payroll for the military. So that's in there. So that gets paid. That gets paid regardless of what's going on. So if there's a debt ceiling, interest on the debt's going to get paid. It's mandatory. It has to be paid. So we print money, we pay it. Now, that's not a good thing, mind you, <laughs> but what you hear on the media is like, oh, we're going to default on our debt. We never do, and the reason is, is that that always gets paid. Same thing in a government shutdown. 84% of the federal budget is mandatory spending, so what gets shut down is the other 16% that is discretionary. That's your defense spending. Maybe that gets cut a little bit. Um, you know, That's when we close parks. We, we lay off, you know, 
we furlough workers. They still get their their pay still accrues. They get it paid. They, they get it back when they come back to work. But you know, that's why. So we're talking about two percent of the budget relative to GDP, right? That is going to be impacted by the spending. So these these shutdowns, and, and that's what I'm saying. You've got to be really careful with these headlines because, you know, it, it's you know the the media makes it sound like it's the end of the world is going to come down. You know, if, if the government shuts down, I would argue that if we just shut down the government, period, and be done with it, that we might actually be better off. But that's a different <laughs> that's a different argument for a different day. Um, you know, but that's where. You know, we've got to kind of focus on now, you know, the, the problem of mandatory spending, though, is is obvious. We spend right now 113 percent of every dollar that comes in. On mandatory spending. So, in other words, we can't even cover from our tax revenue right now, we can't even cover what we are required to pay, the interest on the debt, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, et cetera. So immediately, when we collect tax revenue, we immediately have to issue more debt. And again, this doesn't include all the other spending that's out there, education, defense spending, you know, all that, that is discretionary. And so that's all got to be done out of debt, too. And this is why the debt just to continues to increase and why we continue to have an increase in the deficit at, at a, a rather rapid pace. And things just, you know, the, the concern, right? How did we go from $9 trillion to $33 trillion in debt in just, you know, three administrations? It's just phenomenal how fast the debt is accumulating. And there's certainly a lot of concern over it. But again... Despite the concern, it's important to keep this in perspective, right? And so it's like you, you, there's a lot of articles about, you know, and a lot of, you know, commentaries like, oh, the end of the world is coming because we have all this debt. It's not good, okay? Mind you, the increasing debts and deficits are not good. They equate to slower economic growth, they are deflationary. So that debt, debt and, and deficit will drag inflation lower. It erodes economic prosperity because the debt, not only government debt, but household debt, corporate debt, et cetera, it diverts money from productive use into interest payments. So that slows economic growth over time. Further exacerbates the wealth divide. Right? We talk about this wealth gap. Well, who has the debt and who has the loans? Right, the bottom eighty percent are in debt up to their eyeballs, and they're paying all this interest. They can't get ahead because they have no savings to put into productive investments and and things to, you know, enhance their quality of economic life. The people that loan them the money are the ones collecting all the interest. So that wealth gap just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger as you have more and more debt because of who are the lenders and who are the borrowers. So there's nothing good about any of that, but it doesn't mean that the economy is about to completely, you know, fall apart and, and die and we're going to go into a third world country. And the reason I say that is because Japan's been doing this for 40 years. They're not in great shape. You don't want the Japan economy. But they're still chucking along right now because the central bank is buying 80% of their debt. 
so they can keep the economy going. So my point is, is that you've got to separate out the end of the world scenarios with what's going on in our economy. Nothing good. Right. There's no good argument for increasing the debts and the deficits that we have going on right now. There is no good explanation for not having a budget since 2008 and just operating on these continuing resolutions that compound our spending at 8% annually. There's no good reasons for that. There's, there's, no, good, there's no excuse for that. The, the, the people that we have elected have completely shirked their primary duty of running the government. But again, it doesn't mean that the economy just goes into the next Great Depression tomorrow. Now, there's certainly a lot of risk, and I don't want to dissuade you from thinking, oh, like Lance said, there's no risk to this. No, I'm not saying that at all. But I just want you to separate out the difference between what you hear in the media, which are these dire end-of-the-world outcomes if we don't pass a continuing resolution and have a government shutdown. Oh, it's terrible if we have a government shutdown. We've had 35 government shutdowns since 1976. The longest one has been 35 days. Again, maybe this could be crazy talk, right? But maybe a government shutdown that lasted a while. really started to impact government officials to a degree that pushed them to get back to doing their job the way they're supposed to do it, maybe that wouldn't be a terrible thing, right? Don't know. I'm just saying. Something's got to change, right? We can't keep this. We can't keep doing this, right? We can't keep operating the government on this shoestring basis of just passing continuing resolutions and never actually doing the job that you were hired to do of actually passing a budget and operating within a budget. Going back to doing the job of, of running the country without a deficit, right? There's certainly some discussion to be had about that, but I don't know how you get there. That's the problem. See, this, this new paradigm that we moved into in 2008 under the Obama administration has continued and has now become the method of choice. And, and, and again, we've, we've done a lot of things since 2008 that have now become the method of choice because they're easy. Continuing resolutions are easy. It's hard to put together a budget. I mean, you got to go through and you got to talk about programs and you got to cut spending over here and you got to add some spending over there. It's difficult, man. It takes time to do a budget. You just pass a continuing resolution, it's a few pages, everybody signs it, and, and spending increases for every department by 8%. Everybody gets a raise. So it's all good, right? That's easy. But we're not doing the hard work. But then what's ironic, of course, is they all want to complain about, oh, the spending and the debts, and they want to point fingers at each other, but they're all culpable for it. But again, this issue of direness, right, is more for the media than it is for reality. It scares everybody. And so we have this 11th hour push that we have to pass this continuing resolution because everybody says, oh, the, the world's going to end, so we have to do this. 
But again, at some point, we've got to come back and look at the damage we're causing long term to the economy. And, and that's clear and evident, right? The economic prosperity, the wealth gap. Uh, look, I mean, it's it's quite evident from the disgruntled nature of the younger generation that's coming up now. The desires for socialism and communism and other forms of government other than what we have is certainly understandable. You can't, you can't make the claim that they're not right. They just don't, because they don't see the opportunity that we have, that, that boomers had back in the 70s when we ran no deficit, we had 8% economic growth and the economy was, was growing strongly and opportunities abounded. Debt was relatively low. So the opportunity to say have high savings rates and make investments into businesses and manufacturing and those type of things, those all existed. So you can certainly understand the ire that the millennials and Gen Zs have for the baby boomer generation because they don't have those opportunities. They're saddled with debt. The country saddled with debt. The economic prosperity has been robbed from them because of the debt. But yet nobody really wants to do anything about it because in order to fix that problem, it's painful. That's why Japan's never fixed their problem either. Easy solution, just have the government buy it. Have the government fund it. See, we've slipped into the easy path. It's not the good path. It's just easy. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Don't go away. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. So, last Christmas, I was uh, in Utah skiing. And I've told you before about my, li my, my, my liberal cousin, Dwayne that lives in Utah. So we go out, you know, once a year and we go skiing out in Utah and we visit with Dwayne. And, and I told you back then, if, and, and we have a lot of new viewers, so I kind of have to catch you up on the story, right? Because it's getting to be about that time of year again. Um, so I told you the story about it. He gave me a present here for the show, which was this bobblehead of himself, which says, you, can't, you probably can't read the bottom, but it says, my number one liberal fan, Right. And has his little Texas Tech hat, uh, Texas, uh, sorry, University of Texas hat on. I, I forgot my, my daughter was tech. Um, you know, so this this was his gift to me so that he could always be here in the studio kind of overlooking me as I talk about conservative ideas. You know, he's always the, the counter to me and always sends me emails. We have long email lists going on of him questioning my conservative views, uh, of course, versus his liberal ideology as well. Christmas came a little bit early because yesterday, um, actually on Saturday, University of Texas was playing Kansas. University of Texas finally won. So, <laughs> but 
my liberal cousin Dwayne had come into, into town to see the game and has now showed up this morning by surprise in the studio. Good morning, Dwayne. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> so he even brought his University of Texas hat with him. So there we go. I did. <laughs> so what? Well, I'm here on behalf of the family. Okay. Um, Which family? Your family. My family. <laughs> and me. <laughs> We're about to go on strike. Why? Because you're using our content. <laughs> We're afraid you might use AI. <laughs> That's probably coming. Yes, my daughter over the weekend. Yes. So, so I told you the story about my daughter getting the speeding ticket yeah. going, to, uh, going through Sealy. Well, she didn't hear the story. She didn't know this story existed until my loudmouth liberal cousin over here was having a having dinner with her and said uh, and she's like, oh, I've got to go back to she. She came into town this weekend, too, to come visit Dwayne. And so she was in town. She had to leave on Saturday to go back to school. And so as she's getting ready to leave, Dwayne goes, yeah, and be sure to slow down in Sealy <laughs> so you don't get a ticket. So. That cat's out of the bag. So now she she called me and she's demanding a three percent royalty for uh, any story using her. Of course, I'm going to tell you the story about how she still hasn't figured out how to go to the bank and get a cashier's check yet. So, no, we're I'm glad we can provide content for your for your viral moments. Yeah, but that's only people that y'all are only the reason people listen to the show. The finance <laughs> stuff they can get anywhere. I, I'm well y'all aware like of that. The, y'all like the Kardashians, <laughs> just not nearly as famous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know the family. I can't. I can't even argue that. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, Dwayne came into town with his lovely wife Julie and uh, doing a bit of financial planning work with Danny. So, so and catch yeah. a game. And yeah, well, th- so this. So you've seen how many UT games with your wife, and this is the first time they've won. Uh, this is like six games. This is the first time they won in like six times we've come in. <laughs> so maybe you're the problem. Maybe it's not UT. <laughs> I, I, I've seen more and I've won. <laughs> okay. There you go. But we got that off our back. That jinx is off okay, our back. Okay. Jinx so is over. Okay. So it's your it's your wife that's the jinx, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Don't take her to Vegas. Don't do I don't. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's absolutely lovely. So that's, that's the she best is. thing. <laughs> She's very lovely. Just don't have her around a craps table or <laughs> in any football games. And she's well aware of that. So that makes a perfect marriage. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So uh, so what what's on the next agenda for you? Um, barbecue. Oh, you, have, you haven't done barbecue yet since you've been we here? We have not done barbecue since I've been here. That was the one thing. And. All right, so let's let's ask our chat on YouTube. So right, tell me where to so go. So if you guys. live in Houston, listening to the show right now, what's the best barbecue for for Dwayne to go get? And it has to be. I remember he's liberal, so <laughs> and he's from Utah, so probably don't recommend the really good ones. Uh, you know, we don't want to waste good barbecues. Is what I'm saying. So if you have any suggestions, throw them into the chat. We'll. Uh, I still I still have Texas blood though. Yeah, you May, do. Maybe not. Po- my politics have been weeded out. <laughs> The blood is still. Yeah, I don't know how you live in Utah. That's the that's the thing. I'm enlightened. Because uh, how <laughs> how you cut it's, look I, you live in Utah where you have one place to buy alcohol. That's true, right? That's true. No matter how old you are, they card you. That's true, right? That's true. So like you like I walk in, I'm 900 years old, and they still want my ID. Uh, that's true. So. And how are you enlightened? 
Can, can, is, I, ma- is marijuana I, legal yet uh, in Utah? N- only with the card, the medical card. So, okay, so you are enlightened somewhat, I guess. Somewhat, somewhat. You can't get alcohol, but you can smoke weed. So this makes complete sense. Yeah, they track you when you <laughs> buy alcohol, yes. <laughs> yes. So James said, sorry, Dwayne, he lives in the Northeast, so he's got no good barbecue recommendations for you. Okay. No help here, Cape Cod. Yeah, y'all, y'all are a lot of help in the chat this morning. Thanks. Appreciate it. Dan, Texas Roadhouse, good suggestion for barbecue. I like that. I don't think so. Texas Roadhouse? Yeah, they serve no barbecue. Yeah, so I- <laughs> Again, we don't want to waste good barbecue on you. All right. I was born here. <laughs> Actually, true story. This is a true story. I told you that... Um, we sold our house um, last July, and we sold our house in July, and we lived out in Katy at the time. So if you don't know Houston, Katy is a, is a suburb of Houston. And so we sold our house, and we moved into town closer to the office, and we rented a house while we were looking for kind of our next house that we're going to uh, live in. So... Now, this had this complete coincidence. We, we rented this little house on this street in this little kind of neighborhood that's kind of in the cluster right in the middle of downtown. So it's a cute little neighborhood. All the houses were built back in the 1960s uh, when they opened the floodgates during Hurricane Harvey, uh, flooded the entire neighborhood. So all the houses had to be rebuilt. But it turns out that, that about two doors down and across the street from this house that we rented was the house that Dwayne actually grew up in. Totally coincidence. Now, it wasn't close to downtown when we moved there. Yeah, it was out, it was out in the boondocks when you lived there. We had to be bussed into school because <laughs> it was that far out. But yeah, I'm old. But yeah, but, to- but totally coincidence. We didn't, buy, yep. we didn't move in this neighborhood just because Dwayne once lived there. It's just totally coincidence. We were saying, oh, we live on this street. And they're like, Dwayne's like, oh, yeah, we grew up yeah. there. <laughs> so I knew the house exactly. Yep. So. so. All right, go to Ray's Barbecue Shack. Okay. This is a recommendation from Brooks. Okay. Mormon, Mormon smoke weed, question mark. <laughs> Have you been there? <laughs> <laughs> I love... <laughs> Killen's Barbecue is also another good choice. Yes. All right. Can't, can't, really, can't really deny that one. So... Perfect. All right, well, so, are y'all, so you're in town till tomorrow? We're in town till tomorrow. We're gonna fly out. Um, today's the grandkids gift shopping. Uh, so, any, so you got about three minutes before the end of the segment. So, uh, any comments on conservative? I, we're talking about the government shutdown. Any, any, any thoughts on the government shutdown? We averted it by by continuing resolution for forty five days. It's a kick the can down the road. That's a conservative idea. No, <laughs> I, I don't want to blow too much of your cover here. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, You're not entirely liberal, just like 98% liberal. Exactly. With, 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 a splash, <laughs> with a splash of conservatism every now and then. I, so Target's closing stores in New York. Did you hear about this? No. So Target's closing stores in New York. Mayor Eric Adams, very upset that Target is closing stores. Target says that we're just closing stores that aren't profitable, but in their byline, they said basically because, you know, their customers are getting held up at gunpoint. So. I don't blame Target. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't care how liberal you quote are. Okay. I, yeah. No. Okay. No. Just just making sure. Just double check. I am. <laughs> we're, no, we're good. All right. All right. So, uh, question on the chat from my yes. kind of class: How many wives do you have? I can only afford one. Now, if she wants another husband, I'm all down for that. <laughs> but if then it the, takes some time off. You, but of, wait, for you me. can't wait. So, so under uh, it's the L. What is it? It's the L. L. L um, oh, now you L, got me. L G L B G T Q. What is it? <laughs> no, 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 no. The uh, F L D S. F L D S. Right. Fundamental Latter Day Saints. Right. Okay. Which, so they can have multiple wives, but not multiple husbands, right? Correct. Right. So it only goes one way. I'm trying. I'm liberal. Remember, I'm trying I, to be. <laughs> I know you're trying to change it. I'm just. It was just making. I'm it. Trying, I, I I can barely keep up with the one I have. Gotcha. But if she needs help, then <laughs> you're, you're. I, I'm I'm past that point now. Where if I can get a day off, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for a day off. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I keep threat. I keep. I keep threatening that with my wife, and she's like, "Fine, go ahead." <laughs> I, yeah, mine too. I think she wants. I think she. I think she wants the time off anyway from me. I, I just. Me too. There you go. All right, buddy. All right, come back from break. We got to wrap up the show. We got to get back to work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming and surprising me this morning. I appreciate it. Talk to your friend across the way. I uh, will. I will uh, fire him later. <laughs> So, perfect. <laughs> Great. All right, buddy. All right, All right come back from the break, thank and uh, we will. We'll wrap up the show and uh, get the market underway this morning. You're listening to the Real Investment Show. Don't go away. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. So, welcome back to the show this morning. So, uh, Dwayne gave us gifts over the, uh, the break. Does he feel sorry for wrecking the show for you this morning? So as is always the case. So if you so if you don't know, there's a company called Black Rifle Coffee, and we've talked about the coffee company on the show before. We like their coffee. We've we've drank it. It's 100% veteran owned, operated, and ironically, they are based out of Utah. <laughs> so so Dwayne actually went by the the actual. I guess, do you call it a warehouse manufacturing? Their headquarters. Plant. They went by yeah. their headquarters. And uh, picked up coffee uh, for us. So it's the Black Rifle Coffee or Die or, and the Five Alarm. Which And the ingredients on this, it says right here on the side, 100% coffee. So you know it's legit coffee. How did you get this? Uh, I just want to know how you got this here. So, um, in a carry-on? Yeah. We got a little attention. <laughs> um, the, uh, the drug-sniffing dogs? The drug-sniffing dogs, the little wipes. To make sure that it wasn't any explosives on it. Yeah, we stood in the special line. 
going through the airport. <laughs> you wind up in the special line quite often, actually. I do. Actually, you and my wife, too. She's the one in, uh, that got caught with uh, empty shell casings That's right. in her purse. We had gone to the shooting range the day before, and the uh, from the ejection port on the pistol, the, the shell casings were landing in her purse. Unbeknownst to her, she had to get on a plane the next day. And, she, yeah, she got taken over to the special line, too, for <laughs> having empty bullet casings. <laughs> In reverse. I didn't have any of those. Right. But you're wait, smart, but you're yeah, now wait, pro- but you're now probably on the TSA probably watch list for, <laughs> for bringing coffee to you. So Yeah. So we appreciate the the sacrifice. I was going to say thank you. For the coffee you're this welcome. morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you may anything you may, for you guys. You may never be able to fly again, but you know, we appreciate you doing the question now how's he going to get back home? You know, I made that drive to Utah. Oh, you did? Yeah. No. Uh, sorry. Uh, went we to went to New Mexico, New Mexico, Albuquerque. Yeah. And that's where we got caught in the snowstorm yes. for like eight hours. Yeah. So let's ask the eight ball. Will Dwayne w- be able to get back on the airplane when he goes home? As I see it, yes. Okay, good. So, so Will far, I get so first good. class? Does it? <laughs> will I get upgraded to first class? Uh, it says, hazy, try again. Yeah, that's what <laughs> The eight ball knows all. Okay. Anyway, all right, let's get ready to wrap up the show this morning. Uh, Dow futures are down about 50 points this morning. NASDAQ futures uh, about flat along with the S&P. Bitcoin uh, actually up about 5% this morning as well. You know, concerns, uh, you know, at the moment, there's a couple of things that are still kind of weighing on the market. First of all, today's the first day of the new quarter. So, as the first day of the new quarter, you're going to get kind of a lot of jockeying with the markets. Just, you know, it's, 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 you know, we just finished up the last quarter. And again, so we saw a lot of positioning last week on books for uh, kind of end of the quarter reporting. It was also a fiscal year in for about 20% of mutual funds, hedge funds, et cetera. So a lot of jockeying last week and positioning for that end of the quarter, end of the fiscal year uh, reporting period. So today you're going to see positions being put on, take off, et cetera. You know, I may have put on a position to have it on my books and I take it off back today. I mean, that's completely, you know, able to do that. So again, don't be surprised with a bit of volatility in the markets today. Also, we're still dealing with, you know, a lot of, you know, headlines coming out of this whole debate issue. Um, uh, Senator Matt Geitz is going after um uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, over this 45-day spending bill because there's a side deal cut for funding for Ukraine. And, of course, this has now got a lot of people upset. So, again, kind of more headline risk in the markets than anything else. So, again, expect some volatility today. But, again, as we've talked about, uh, over the next, really not this week, but starting next week, we're going to start getting earnings reports from uh the the big major S&P 500 companies. By the end of the month, we will have about 80% of the S&P 500 will have all reported earnings. They're going to beat estimates. We're going to have a 75, 80% beat rate, as always, because we have lowered dramatically the earnings estimates for this quarter, this this, this period reporting, which is Q3. We started, started estimating what Q3 earnings would be last May, those have come down sharply over that time frame. So that bar has been lowered substantially, which will allow that high beat rate. So that'll help support the markets near term as companies come in and they go, ooh, we, we beat earnings. But if you actually take a look at revenue and earnings, they're going to be flat to down from last year. 
So again, it's just you've always got to kind of look beyond the headline risk and look at what's going on. But uh, again, the 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 earnings beat, you know, when we beat earnings and revenue, that always gives stocks a little bit of support. So again, over the course of the next few weeks, we could have some volatility here, but probably you're going to get a little bit of support for the markets from those earnings. And then, as I said in the first segment, once we get past this quarter, uh, sorry, once we get past this month and we get into November, the window opens back up for stock buybacks, which is about $5 billion a day into the end of the year. Now, none of this means that the market just goes straight up into the end of the year. Certainly, you know, anything is possible. Um, but once we get into the first couple of weeks of December, you've got another big fiscal year in for mutual funds, hedge funds, et cetera. And they're going to be having to make their annual distributions of income and interest before the, the year and reporting period. So again, that's going to be enough. That's why generally in that first couple of weeks of December, you typically see some market weakness. And then you see the Santa Claus rally, which is post Christmas and post that kind of two week distribution period. Everybody's putting positions back on their books for end of the year reporting. So again, that's just kind of the, the outlook uh, for the next you know couple of months. Again, anything can change. Anything you know, anything can happen. There's certainly anything you know. Any prediction beyond Friday is doesn't have a whole lot of validity to it because there's a ton of things that happen. Again, this 45 day spending bill, we're gonna be we're gonna be right back into talking about a government shutdown in November. Right. And, and we're going to be talking about a government shutdown right in the midst of Thanksgiving and a Fed meeting and a whole variety of other stuff. So, again, anything is, is possible for the markets. But this is why we just want to kind of maintain risk management, maintain risk controls, kind of keep a watch on, you know, kind of what's happening with the markets and, and really just kind of allow price to tell us where things are going to go to from now. There's certainly a lot of risk once we get into next year. But again, that's something we'll have to deal with once we get into next year. Um, you know, uh, again, you know, kind of the, the big thing that everybody's still focusing on at the moment, of course, interest rates, those continue to weigh on the economy. Is the Fed done? This is the big question. You know, personally, both Mike and I are pretty much of the, of the same, in, in the same agreement that the Fed has done hiking rates. It's unlikely they're going to hike rates again, particularly with the latest kind of PCE numbers coming in well, a little bit weaker than expected. That's still showing that inflation is pretty much under control. So probably the Fed has done hiking rates for now. Now, they're not going to tell you that because they need to keep that threat of another rate hike sitting out there. And the reason for that is, is that if they come out and said, hey, we're done hiking rates, Right. The markets immediately make the assumption that, well, cutting rates is coming next. And so they're going to start running up. We would have a huge rally in the market. Short covering would be massive. That would ease financial conditions that would make people feel better. They would spend money and that would help support inflation. So they're never going to tell you that they're done hiking rates. They're going to leave that one hanging out there. And so come November, they're going to have the next Fed meeting. They're not going to hike rates, but they're going to leave that one hanging out there. Well, you know, depending on data. You know, we could potentially hike rates again. That's going to help try to keep the markets under control somewhat between now and the end and, and really getting into next year. Then once we start to see that lag effect from all these rate hikes actually start to impact the markets, the economy, starting to see things really starting to slow down, the threat of recession picks up, then it will become apparent to the markets that the Fed has now done hiking rates. And the anticipation will be, 
for the next rate cuts. So we'll move to that phase sometime next year. But there's also, you know, other impacts from that as we get there as well, because the markets will have to deal with a recession, potentially weaker earnings growth, those type of factors. So again, that's just going to be, again, once we get into next year, this is just going to be a, a, a bit more cloudy as we start to get it out there in terms of, of what it is. But at the moment right now, interest rates remain kind of the, the key conundrum for the markets. How long can interest rates remain where they are because of the negative impact it has on consumption and spending and savings and these type of things for individuals, particularly when you see the impact of what happens with credit card rates in particular, where a lot of households have a lot of their debt is on credit cards, that interest payment goes up rapidly. And you know, we're seeing some of the highest levels of interest payments on credit cards that we've seen um, in decades right now. And of course, that's more diversion from incomes. And, and here's kind of the interesting thing. If you take a look at real incomes, real incomes have continued to rise. And that's incomes after inflation. So, so real incomes continue to grow. Real disposable income, however, is dropping and has been dropping for three months in a row now. And if you take a look at as, as savings as a percentage of disposable income, that's falling rather sharply. So in other words, after you know I pay my taxes on my, my payroll, right? So I get paid, I've got to pay my payroll taxes. That leaves me with my leftover money that I get to bring home, and that's my disposable income that I can pay my mortgage with, pay my you know utilities with, et cetera. There's not a lot left over for savings at this point. So this is all going to still kind of these these rates are still working their way through the system that lag effect is still there so the real risk comes once we get into next year and of course we'll 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 deal with that when it's time to deal with it so anyway get by the website uh tomorrow I have an article on the these government shutdowns what they mean and why they're bad for the economy long term that'll be on the website in the morning first thing realinvestmentadvice.com. If you have any questions or comments, be sure and send us your questions, comments, emails. Um, be sure and like the channel today and and uh, subscribe because I don't know when I'll have Dwayne back. So mess up the show. So there True. you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Y'all have a great day. We'll see y'all back here tomorrow.